folks, this is Robert Berry, and welcome to Retro Crush, the podcast episode 111. We're just a sixth of the way to our 666th episode, folks, so uh, get ready. We're on the dawn of pure evil soon enough. Boy, it's been uh, mighty cold here in Sacramento uh, lately, that's for sure. Good Lord, it's uh, uh, the evenings have been as low as 25 degrees, and I'm sure some of you live in some parts of... Uh, the world where uh, it's a lot colder than that. I know in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska, for example, where we've got a listener, it's uh, been 45 degrees below zero. And what's interesting about that is it, when it's 45 below zero, both the Fahrenheit and the Celsius come together into one temperature. They converge. Um, just like you, the Retro Crush listener, when you and I listen uh, to this, to, when I when I do this show and you're listening to it, it's like we're becoming Fahrenheit and Celsius at 45 below zero together. Um, if you understand anything I just said there, good, good, more power to you. Uh, but it's been kind of fun. You know, I left. I heard that if you let uh, one of your hoses outside trickle a little bit, that it's a good idea because it'll keep, it'll reduce the chances of your pipes busting when it freezes. So I thought, uh, let me give that a try. Well, the next morning it was really cool because there's all these like. Uh, the best way I could describe it is like stalagmites, like little fingers of ice all over the ground where the little drops had been hitting it steadily. So I thought, well, let me do something cool with that. So I, I, I rigged the hose up on the kids' playground and had it shooting this fine mist all night. And uh, the next morning it was just great because there were just icicles all over the playground and weird little fingers of ice everywhere. So um, uh, my kids and I have been devising new ways to have ice sculptures for us in the morning. Uh you know that that's what's going on down at Retro Crest Central these days. That's what I, that's what I'm talking about. So uh, anyway, my wife just walked by, shaking her head in disgust as she usually does. Uh, off to drink. Nah, she actually uh, respects the work that I do and uh, thinks it's rather charming, uh, which is why she married me. That I'm brilliant and/or crazy. She's not sure which, but. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm drinking some red wine. I was going to drink some water, but apparently that stuff will kill you. If you've been uh, watching the news lately, gosh, right here in Sacramento, this this radio station called 107.9, The End. And it's called The End um, not because most of their music sounds like ass noises, but it's uh, because it's the last frequency on the dial. And they had this contest called Hold Your Wee for a Wee. Yeah, that's right. It, it, basically, they had a bunch of people seeing how much massive amounts of water they can drink in a short amount of time, uh, and you weren't allowed to go to the bathroom. And if you went to the bathroom, you lost. Um, so this woman basically had this insane amount of water in a very short amount of time, and it creates this uh, condition where it knocks off the the salt content of your blood, and it and it kills you. Basically, complete organ shutdown. Um, so needless to say, the lawsuit that her family's going to have uh, probably enabled them to buy a few Nintendo Wiis. It's, uh, what, what's crazy is I guess they had like nurses calling the show while they were doing this contest and saying, you know, you shouldn't do this because if you drink too much water in a short amount of time, it'll kill you. And like they're like, ah, yeah, whatever. And none of the contestants had any kind of medical um, instructions or waivers. It was pretty much just they signed your standard publicity form. So, uh, needless to say, they took that show off the air and, uh, probably, uh, their legal department awaiting quite a heavy lawsuit coming their way. But, uh, you know, we're not going to do any crazy contests like that. You know, you don't have to drink a lot of water to enjoy what the Retro Crush podcast has to offer. Um, that, that's totally for show. Um, 
what what else I've been enjoying uh, lately? If you guys have the chance to play, it's a PlayStation 2 game, but I think it's for all the other systems too. But uh, Lego Star Wars, the original trilogy. Good Lord. this I played hundreds, if not more than a thousand video games in my life. I've, I've been there from the start of games from Pong up till now. I've seen it all. I'm kind of the, uh, the Methuselah of, of video gaming. And uh, this game is so fun. You can play two players at the same time. You're basic, it's as simple as it sounds. You're basically just reenacting the original Star Wars trilogy with Lego characters. And it is just, it's beautiful to look at. The gameplay is easy but challenging. When you're playing, you can play with a little kid or an adult and it's just as fun. Um, some problem solving to just blasting everything you see. Um, every time you die, you just instantly come back to life again. And, um, it, it's maybe one of the most fun video games I've ever played in my life. So if you haven't had a chance to play this game yet, give, give it a chance. Uh, in fact, if you go to Amazon and read the customer reviews, I, I can't find a single bad review in the whole bunch out of 48 reviews there. So definitely worth the money um, in every single way. So, And it's very funny, too. They do these uh, sort of uh, cut scenes in between the action where they reenact some of the, the famous scenes in Star Wars with the Lego characters, but they add little funny twists to them that, that uh, if you're a fan of the series, I think you'll find pretty entertaining. So... Uh, that's the review of, of, of Lego Star Wars. And uh, another review I'd like to give you is uh, for a, a movie and, and specifically soundtrack from a, a very underrated Spike Lee movie from 1990 called The Mo Better Blues. Um, this movie uh, featured Denzel Washington in his prime, you know, um, and it's got Wesley Snipes while he was still paying his taxes. And... Uh, like most Spike Lee films, it features his sister, Joie Lee, and this gorgeous, at the time, newcomer, extremely talented, Cinda Williams, who unfortunately just kind of uh, fell to the wayside after she made this movie. Um, she was born in 66, and yeah, she's certainly made some movies since then, but just you know, a lot of direct-to-video kind of stuff. Uh, but if you, if you do have a chance to see uh, her films... Uh, Give it a try. Mo Better Blues is the first one that she was in, and she went on to do a lot of other films after that, but never really seemed to get the success that I felt she deserved. Just an amazing talent and an amazing singing voice as well. But the soundtrack, that's what we're talking about right now. The soundtrack to the Mo Better Blues is fantastic. First of all, the score of the film is done by Spike Lee's uh, jazz musician father, Bill Lee, greatness of itself but the songs uh, on the soundtrack which you can still get through um, iTunes by the way even though I think it's been out of print on CD they just finally put it on iTunes for about $8.90 you can get the whole soundtrack and uh, it's got original songs by the the Branford Marsalis Quartet and it's just some of the most gorgeous music you've ever heard in a movie I'm not saying that lightly it's just simply Simply fantastic uh, music. And I'm going to play some of uh, the cuts from it for you. Hopefully it will encourage you to, to seek it out and, and buy it yourself. Um, here is uh, the title uh, track, uh, the Mo Better Blues here.
There's a lot of neat things to uh, think about during this movie. Um, There's a particularly good speech where uh, I believe it's Denzel Washington talks about how how weird it is that you know jazz was you know uh, very popularized by black musicians. Certainly, white musicians played a, a big role in jazz as well. But how at least in 1990 when this movie was made that it was mostly uh, upper-class white people going to see jazz performed in the clubs and how uh, bizarre it was for them to do that. An- another good reason to check out this film is that uh, Robin Harris, the great stand-up comedian, uh, is uh, does a lot of comedy routines in it as well, and I believe he died just shortly after this film uh, was released, or, or, or while it was in production at least. So um, another cool testament to a career there. Um, in this film, Denzel Washington plays a... A uh, trumpet player named Bleak Gilliam, and um, just you know some some romance and some and some friendship issues and just just some great music there. Like I said, the, the movie itself it's not fantastic, but the soundtrack definitely elevates it. But Denzel's very funny and charming uh, throughout this movie. And, and here's a little bit where you hear Denzel uh, doing a little riff uh, with with the players in his band. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. As I travel through this great big country of ours, this U.S. of A, and being on the road as much as I do, I try to listen to a lot of the radio stations. It's amazing how many KISS or V-103 stations there are. Jesus Christ, did people run out of call letters or what? Come on. Anyway, most of the stuff on the radio is so sad. It's a drag. One of the reasons could be because every song is about... Oh, you guessed it, huh? Love. Love, love, L-O-V-E, what the world needs now is not another love song. That's a particularly good song. He, he goes on and makes fun of all the different types of love songs, from just sappy stuff to bad mamma jamma to even LL Cool J type rap. Just, just, just good fun stuff there. I'd love to see them filming that, and I'm curious how much of that he might have improvised during the the, the, the filming of that movie as well. Here's a song called "Say Hey" that speaks for itself. Here's still another track from the Brantford Marsalis Quartet. It's called Again Never. You know, after I, I, I saw this movie, I just fell in love with the music with it so much, and, and I would find myself uh, trying to make the trumpet sounds with my mouth when I'd just be walking down the street. At the time, I didn't have a car, uh, yet I had just moved to Sacramento from San Francisco, and when I lived in San Francisco, uh, the public transportation was just so wonderful that you never had to... Uh, 
you know, with between BART, the the train system there, and, and the buses, you could just you didn't need a car. In fact, a car was a a burden because you had to pay bridge toll and you had to f- pay for parking. And, you know, of course, the gas. So before you know it, you were paying, you know, 25, 30 bucks a day just to have your car in the city. Um, I actually lived in Hayward, California at the time, so I was commuting into San Francisco every day. What a time that was. But uh, so when I first moved to Sacramento and, th- and this uh, movie came out, I, I didn't have uh, a car, so I did a lot of walking around, get- getting to and from work. And I, w- I started to make trumpet sounds with my mouth to try to mimic a lot of the songs on this album there. Um, so when you heard that Chicago Saturday in the Park and things like that, uh, not that I'm particularly great at that. I don't mean mean to brag. Well, I do mean to brag, but uh, here, here's a fun little thing I tried with uh, the trumpet a little while ago. Uh, uh, it's the horn from Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. I wish I could learn to play the trumpet for real. Um, I'm pretty good with 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 music. You know, I, I I can figure out piano stuff without reading sheet music, kind of single note stuff. And uh, I was a bit of a child prodigy with the violin. Um, from fourth to seventh grade, I I became extremely good at it. Um, but once we went into high school, you only had one elective class, and and I just you know it was definitely like the burden of you're gonna get made fun of if you play the violin in high school. So I I stopped. Um, and I'm not so sad that I did because I got to learn Spanish, and look where that's got me. That was my elective instead. But uh, yeah, I, I, I tried trumpet before, uh, and it it just tickles the hell out of my nose. It just makes me want to sneeze when I play it. It's just I, I really admire you know people that can play a trumpet for a living. That's for sure. But uh, back to the Mo Better Blues, and to close it out, uh, we mentioned Cinda Williams in the film, and she sings a song called the Harlem Blues, and uh, it's just beautiful. It makes ch- it makes the hair on my arm stick straight up. It's 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 that good. And here here's the uh the, the ending of that song, the Harlem Blues. Harlem Blues to put some music to my troubles and the Harlem So, uh, yeah, Mo Better Blues, go, go check it out today. Rent it on Netflix and see if it does it for you there. See if, see if you like it there. Well, uh, we've got a, an exciting new feature on the Retro Crush podcast, and, um, and I designed a theme song just for this feature. Um, original composition and, and performed by, by myself, and I hope you like it. Let's just, uh, let's hear what it has to say. I think you'll get the idea about our exciting new feature here. Ask Robert, ask Robert, ask Robert all kinds of questions. Ask Robert, ask Robert, ask Robert all kinds of questions. Yes, ask Robert. You can ask me all kinds of questions by just calling the Retro Crush voicemail hotline at 916-231-9480 
Or you can email me at rberry at retrocrush.com or go to the RetroCrush website if you forget that and, and you'll see our email address or MySpace page or whatever it is that you need to uh, get things out there. So we got some email questions and we got some uh, voicemail questions. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and read those for you right here today. First up, uh, we got an email from uh, Elmer. Uh, who writes, how many Star Wars people could you tote around in the Darth Vader storage case? Um, this was a really cool uh, black plastic uh, shape of Darth Vader's head and bust uh, that you can uh, put action figures in. Well, Elmer, the answer is 44. Uh, though he did, and I, I, I respond, I'll always respond on email to you as well, by the way. But uh, he then, uh, smartass, replied, well, what if it was just Jawas and droids? Um, you know, I'd say 800 if you slice them thin enough. Uh, next one, uh, Shell uh, asks, uh, do you happen to know, Robert, when, when VCRs first began to be used in homes and or schools? I do remember the first time my family used one back in 1985 or 1986, but I wondered if they were actually available to richer people uh, back in the 70s or 80s. Well, Good question there, Shell. Uh, you know, according to Wikipedia, um, you know, the, the first true videotape recorder, uh, by definition, w- was invented in 1956, but it was pretty much only used by television networks because uh, it would cost about $50,000. And um, it wasn't until '65 where a, uh, a reel-to-reel type recorder for under $1,000 uh, was available uh, for the consumer market, but that was still a black and white only type of thing. Um, various other uh, things happened uh, throughout uh, the 60s and 70s, but it really wasn't until uh, the Dutch company Philips developed uh, the home video cassette format. Um, that was about uh, $1,000 then. And, and, and ultimately, uh, this is getting pretty boring, isn't it? But. Uh, <laughs> In the, it wasn't until the late 70s uh, that, that they finally became more easily available. I believe the first actual uh, uh, commercial videotape movie was, was uh, originally released in 78. So there you go. Um, don't ask me about Blu-ray. That's all I'm saying. Um, Tim Foy writes to me, uh, Why has there never been an all-girl ACDC tribute band? I didn't even have to look that one up on the internet. There is a, there actually is an all-girl ACDC band called ACDC, and they played in Sacramento uh, several times, and um, they're all over the place. You can check out her their website at acdc.com. And uh, lastly, I I got a message from Andrew Durston who says, uh, Robert. I forgot to include that I believe Devo should have gotten your number one spot on your uh, 80s pop, uh, top 15 80s pop band uh, poll that you had on your last podcast. I mean, they aren't even a pop, uh, The Cure's not even a pop band. How could they be number one? Devo totally represents the 80s music scene. And, uh, uh, well, you know, that's your opinion. But, you know, I think uh, The Cure really captured a lot of the hearts of teenage girls where really only super cool girls liked Devo. So uh, let's go on to the voicemail uh, portion of Ask Robert. Hey, Robert. Thanks for the uh, trip down memory lane there. Um, I graduated from high school in 89, and um, all those bands, boy, I can think of uh, 
um, just a situation for all those songs I heard. I recognized all of them. It was great. Um, those were uh, largely considered um, bands from the alternative category, I think it was called in those days. And um, because the stuff on the radio was uh, a whole lot of uh, Bobby Brown and, uh, and um, well, that girl who's on American Auto right now, I forget her name, and, uh, and all the hair bands and everything were all, were all kind of tops of the charts. Now, all that stuff you played there was uh, uh, not on the radio so much, but it was uh, all the cool kids listened to it. Um, the two thing, the two bands that um, were not on the list that I think were big, and you know, for me and my friends, and, and at that time that listened to all the music you already played was U uh, two and REM, and um, I know a lot of that's pop right now, but that was uh, under sort of underground music then, and maybe uh, you know things like Bauhaus and stuff like that. So, all right, it was great. Um, and also, uh, in your list of pejoratives for Irish, I can't believe you left all drunk or anything related to alcohol. So, <clears throat> there you go. Thanks. Bye. Well, thanks. That was a really cool uh, voicemail to get there. Yeah, I mean, we, we certainly focus on pot bands. Um, and, and why I chose them instead of, uh, you know, more uh, other groups like you mentioned there. I don't want Bobby Brown to be on any list uh, that I put together, except a list of biggest uh, stupid jerks. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I think we, you know we're gonna do a rock list, and I think that's where maybe U2 and, and REM might might have more of a ch- of a shot there. That's for sure. So uh, here's another uh, voicemail here. I'm not sure uh, where this person's from, or quite what they're saying, but it's a nice uh, voicemail nonetheless. Have a great day. People listen to you. I like to listen to my mom with my dad. I, I like to listen with my mom and my dad, I guess. Uh, and, and thanks, you know, it, it, this is uh, um, the podcast that everybody can enjoy, provided you're uh, over 18, mind you, or in countries where the age of consent for listening to explicit stuff is lower. Hey, this is Ross from Oklahoma. And I was going to tell you that uh, I really enjoyed the podcast, and uh, I really enjoyed that uh, <clears throat> thing you recently uh, put on from the uh, that uh, 1960s uh, Christian educational uh, uh, record about sexuality. You know, the, you know, the father-son chat. I thought that was uh, really interesting. I've also looked through the archives and, and found the the uh, one about the. Uh, homosexuality educational video from the fifties and thought that was kind of cool. And uh, be sure to keep those coming. I, I those were those were really cool. And uh, <clears throat> secondly, I've heard you say you're a horror fan, and I've got you know two movies that you should check out. <clears throat> One, Blood Lake, which has got to be the best homemade movie I've ever seen. If it were released today, it would be a fan film, but somehow this got a commercial release. <clears throat> Second is Video Violence. It's a, um, uh, also looks homemade about a video store. So be sure to check those out and hope you talk about it on the podcast. Later. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks there. I will check those out for sure. If you ever got any movie recommendations for me, I'd lo- love to hear from, from you. I, I see a lot of movies and can't get enough of them. 
Hi, Robert Barry. This is Sailor. I'm calling you from uh, the Four Corners area of Hi, Sailor. beautiful country here in the U.S. Uh, it's been kind of snowing here, pretty much uh, kind of wintry-like, cold. Anyway, this is in regards to your recent uh, uh, 80s pop bands and such. And uh, you mentioned on your uh, podcast that you weren't sure about Depeche Mode. They actually are touring. In fact, uh, here in the States on one of those high-definition channels on Dish Network, uh, they're actually running a concert for them uh, in Milan. Now, mind you, I hated Depeche Mode. I still hate Depeche Mode. But at this point, I've reached a point in my life where it brings me back to a simpler time that I still hated. Anyway... Uh, just let you know, Depeche Mode have been touring recently, uh, just in the last year. And uh, keep up the good work, and uh, I'll talk to you later. I guess. Or maybe not. I guess. Remember, folks, a simple goodbye will work just fine. And uh, lastly, we have uh, this one that just came in about five minutes before I started recording the podcast. Possessed, possessed, come on, we're going to give it to you. Possessed, possessed, come on. Possessed, possessed, come on. Well, I think I'll spare you the remaining two minutes of that voicemail. That's pretty much more of the same. But, uh, yeah, very nice. Uh, but maybe wanted to hear the uh, original pizzazz that we uh, played on this podcast oh so long ago. And for those of you who haven't heard the beauty of pizzazz by pizzazz, here it is. Have you ever been in love? Pizzazz, pizzazz, come on, we're gonna give it to you. Pizzazz, pizzazz, come on. Looking around for that special someone Who could he be? I'm sure we'll have lots of fun Cruising around for an awesome party Pizzazz will be there and we'll show you the way The beats will be bumping and the guys will be nice
That concludes uh, another segment of Ask Robert there. Uh, and thanks for listening to Retro Crush, the podcast. Uh, I think I'm going to go play some more Lego Star Wars and maybe watch American Idol. I'm taping it for the... F- I, yeah, I've never watched American Idol. Can you leave that? So I'm going to give it a try this season. So if uh, you're an Idol fan, uh, let me know what you think, too. We can compare notes. And um, as always, check out our website. If you check the podcast button out, we actually have a little blog for the podcast now, so you can leave comments directly after each episode. And check out special links that correspond with it. We'll have the link to the uh, the video for Pizzazz that we played there and some other uh, great stuff as well. And I'm going to leave you with uh, another uh, song that you might want to check out. It's Angie Hart, who was the... Uh, the lead singer of uh, the group Frente, uh, which you may have known from the 90s doing uh, their cool cover of Bizarre Love Triangle and uh, Labor of Love and some other cool songs. And this was, uh, you know, at, when they dissolved, they, they she went and did a, uh, a solo album. And I haven't heard much from her since then. I'd sure like to hear more because her voice is just so darn beautiful. Y'all have a good day and we'll talk to you again soon. Night falls, I fall. And where were you, and where were you, warm skin, wolf grin, and where were you? I fell into the moon, and it covered you in blue. Thank you.